three, two, one. Thank you so much for joining me today, guys. We're also joined by a special guest, Alexia Hammett, also known as Atlex1Fit, where we talk specifically about her binge eating and how she overcame it. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Macro Cap Podcast. Today, I'm joined by none other than Lex One Fits. Lexi, say hello to the people. Hello, I am Lex. Thank you, Zach, for introducing me. No worries, mate. Um, instead of going on a bit of a tangent about you and who you are, I just thought I'd let you do it yourself, mate. So introduce yourself. So I am an online coach. I used to personal train when we were allowed in the gym. I am a sports nutritionist currently studying my diploma. Yeah, I'm not sure what else to say. <laughs> Would you, wait, you're not even going to call yourself an influencer? Um, I'm not going to go that far yet. I'm not at your standard of followers, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> mate, it's not all that, mate, having a higher number of followers isn't what counts. It's the people whose lives you can change. That um, is true. Yeah, it's definitely the people you can have an influence on, no matter if you have 100 followers or 100,000. If you're influencing people to hopefully do better, that's all that matters, man. Definitely about quality over quantity. Oh, 110%. Um, all right, we'll, we'll kick things off. So obviously, I gather the people that are listening to this either follow you, me, or both of us. More than likely both of us. I feel like we have a lot of mutual followers. The first question I want to ask, man, is just why Why did you start your account? I guess like everyone else back in the you know fitness, fitness days of cardio and diet food, we just started Instagram Yummy to diet do- food. <laughs> We started Instagram to document, you know, getting skinny and what vegan food we were eating today. So it was just about documenting for myself. I, yeah, I don't know. I always wanted to become a personal trainer and a health coach. So maybe it was, you know, meant to lead to bigger things. But yeah, I just guess it was to connect with more people that were like-minded and into the same thing. Because when I when I first started following you, so this would have been uh, 2000 mm. and... 19, I'd like to say, um, was when, when we first would have engaged with each other. Yeah. Uh, you, were, you were in the army, weren't you? I was, I was. Yes, that's right. Um, so w- when did you leave the army and do personal training? I left the army uh, nine months ago. What was the second, second bit? <laughs> um, you start, did you start personal training while you were in the army or did you start after you left? So I started um, I started studying whilst I was in. So when I left, I could go straight into personal training. And you where, where were you in Sydney or Brisbane? I was in Brisbane. Yeah, that's right. Because you only moved to Sydney, what, uh, not that long ago? No, like three months ago, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, perfect timing, mate. Perfect timing. I know. For, the, for those who may not know, because I know a few people from overseas listen to this, um, Sydney is currently in not the harshest lockdown in Australia, but they're in the, at the moment, the current longest lockdown of Australia. Um, aren't you right in the hotspot for it? I am. I am. <laughs> what a beautiful spot to be. I'm so jealous. I can't lie, mate. There's loads of hotspots around me as well. So mm. I'm not really going to, um, not really going to dive into that one too much. Um, yeah, not today. <laughs> But speaking of um, starting Instagram to post your food, now a lot of your stuff initially was food based, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but then you obviously moved. In, you moved into a bit more of like a fitness based thing, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, rather? at the start, I was still posting random workouts and random fitspo pictures and you know motivation. 
Um, but it was just a mix of everything, I suppose. And your food stuff. Now, I know we've spoken about this before, but you've gone through a few fad diets in your time, haven't you? Yes. Do you want me to name them? <laughs> yes, please. Fire away, son. <laughs> all right. If I remember them all. So there was 5-2, the military diet, which was nothing like military food, I might add. <laughs> um, intermittent fasting, vegan, high fat, low carb, low carb, high fat, keto, vegetarian, raw vegan. Oh my God, there's so many like Atkins as well. Um, Then I did flexible dieting, which I really loved. Um, For some reason, I went back to a restrictive keto diet and now I'm back with my flexible dieting. So overall, um, what's your preference? Oh, definitely flexible dieting. (laughs) I just think flexible dieting for the most part, I I feel like... I don't think many many people actually talk about this, but I feel like there's a big difference between if it fits your macros and flexible dieting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely yeah was more into the if it fits my macros at the start, where I was like, holy crap, I can eat you know chocolate and donuts if it fits my numbers. But over time, you realize it's really about health and not you know the numbers and what you can fit in. One hundred percent. That's that's where it comes down to um, quality of calories you're putting in your system, because yeah. I know even now like. When I look back at what I was eating when I first discovered the If It Fits Your Macros, man, my lack of nutrients was mm. just astounding. I was like, no, yeah. I can just eat whatever I want and lose weight. This is brilliant. Although I was still hitting my protein, like my fats some days were through the roof and then my carbs some days were through the roof. And I just had no mm. idea what was really going on. And I'd weigh myself and my, my weight would just be fluctuating like crazy because I wasn't really consistent with anything. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that's a very common thing. Like when people first start discovering like the whole calories in, calories out thing, mm-hmm. they they tend to go fairly crazy with it at first. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas after a while, you sort of end up not getting sick of the, the treat foods, so to speak, but you end up just adjusting to knowing that you, you can have them whenever you want. So that's when I feel like the 80-20 split sort of comes more into play as far as a flexible diet as opposed to like if it fits your macros where you just smash in Pop-Tarts and peanut butter and just bisque off with every single meal. Yeah, I mean, the novelty does wear off after a while. Um, and, you know, when you're talking to people that constantly eat takeaway and all these, um, you know, I guess – you know, more fun foods, um, if they're constantly eating that and they find out they can eat that while still losing weight, yeah, to them, it's just about fitting it in, disregarding all the micros and vitamins. But yeah, I guess it comes with education as well. Not everyone's perfect straight off the bat. So I do think more education needs to be, you know, put out about the micros and yeah, just the health side, I guess. Micronutrients, especially. Um, Because I see a lot of like big name influencers, I won't throw any names out there just in case, you know, Mm -hmm. people with 400,000 followers start listening to this podcast randomly. But um, (laughs) there's a specific YouTuber I follow who eats like a ton of pizza and stuff on his cards, but Mm -hmm. he'll throw like a couple of scoops of greens powder in a glass, drink it and go, oh, that's my micros. Mm. I'm like, oh, just have some vegetables. Well, you know what? I know somebody that doesn't even take, you know, greens powder. They're just all about smashing dessert and i'm sure you know who i'm talking about is it me dude you could just at me next time oh my, God. <laughs> my bad <laughs> um speaking of food when when you when you post food on your stories uh usually the higher carb stuff 
do you get many comments or many uh, messages from people asking like how you eat that and why you're in the shape you're in when you're eating that kind of food? Do you get much of that? I think I used to before people really knew that I was only showing, say, one meal. I mean, now I'm kind of wary. I'm like, oh, are people going to think I'm just eating ice cream for all my meals because you only show one meal? But I guess back in the day before, you know, people really knew about this, they were like, oh, how are you eating, you know, all this food without getting fat? So, yeah, I guess so. Okay. Yeah, that was that was one thing I remember when I first started my Instagram um, I used to ask the same question, usually to like the guys that were having copious amounts of chocolate on porridge, mm. um, being like scrambled legs, Adam Macros, MJA.food.fitness, Ash Hine and those kind of guys and Macro Meg, especially. Mm. I remember seeing it. She, she had a very, very good eye for food photography. I know. Uh, I just wish she'd come back and start taking more photos. I absolutely love that chick. Yeah. God, they were the original people. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Back in were, the Oats days. Yeah. Back in the Oats days, mate. <laughs> Um, a few, very few people keep the oats trend alive. I think it's just Elliot and or Barbell. Um, yeah. That's really all I see because now the big trend is uh, baked oats. Yeah, that's right. And ba- look, I'll be honest, mate. I much prefer normal oats over oh, baked me too. oats. Me I just, too. I, I, I can get around the baked oats trend, but to me, it is like it's just a massive trend train and there are so many people on it at the moment. The, but the, a lot of the baked oats trend... Um, I see happening now the same way it happened with normal oats like a few years ago mm. where people are starting to put more and more toppings and more and more fillings. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what actually screwed me over in my first cut was I was too worried about putting so many toppings and so much chocolate on top of my oats that I just got so lost in it and I would consume most of my calories in the morning and then screw yeah. myself over for the rest of the day. Yeah, I guess the thing was though when we did start our Instagram accounts or when were we in the oat trend? That's all we posted. So the oats needed to be the highlight of our day and, you know, Instagram page. So, yeah, I guess we've learnt to overcome that limit, like, you know, the belief that we could only grow from that. Sheesh, yeah, I hope so. I mean, the oats yeah. were definitely a highlight of my day, that's for sure. Oh, me too. <laughs> um, cause you still post the occasional oat bowl, don't you? I do, but they're not as fun as they used to be just because I don't want to be wasting all my calories on my oats and I'd much rather fuel my gym sessions or fuel the rest of my day knowing I can eat more then and not, yeah, just eat them all in the morning. Yeah, that's fair. I remember um, you, oh man, it was when I, when I sort of first started my account and you'd made a bowl of oats. And it had one of the bar counter bars on them. Oh, yes. <laughs> Why then, did my voice do that? <laughs> and then um, they commented. Or, or did they mm. comment? Or did I, I commented and, and tagged them and I was like, you should hook her up with some free bars. And, and they did. And they did. It was so cool. That um, was I, like one of my first, you know, products that I got sent to me. Yeah, I remember that. That was sick. Um, what what's What's another thing that's come from your Instagram account that you didn't really expect? Because obviously, like... When a lot of people start out their Instagram, I don't think they they realize that they can get stuff like that. Mm. Um, but what's something else that's come that you didn't really expect from your Instagram? If we're talking on an emotional level, I guess the friendships and the support that's come from Instagram. But we're, if, if we're talking about the physical items, uh, definitely a lot of products that have been sent to me, especially food, just so I can incorporate them into recipes. So it's been amazing to see what's out there in the world. I personally yeah. agree with more the first one, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, the, the people I've met through Instagram uh, has been 
phenomenal. Especially, yeah. well, I mean, like, I met Amy, for those who don't know, Amy is my girlfriend. I met my girlfriend through Instagram. Mm. Uh, it's basically like a modern-day Tinder. It's brilliant. <laughs> except, is that what you're comparing it to? Yeah, ex- yeah, obviously. Except instead of, like, swiping left or right, you either slide into the DMs or double-tap mm. the photo. It is true. I mean, maybe not quite that simple, but I think for a lot of guys, they, they tend to treat it that way. Oh, you know... Oh. Especially the old sugar daddies that come through the DMs. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> Terrible. I don't get any of like the cougar ones though. Um, I don't know what I do wrong. Like the like, sugar daddies or the mums? <laughs> well, I want like I, I just want one offer from a cougar who's looking for a playboy. You know what I mean? Hmm. I think but, it's the vibe you put out. You reckon? Am I too yeah. aggressive with it? I don't know. I don't know what it is now. Maybe I'm not aggressive enough. I think that's it. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. I, I think um, they're coming through for you now, though, on your TikTok. Uh, they're not. No, not at all. Mm, I, I mean, I, you're being you're being very aggressive on your TikTok. Maybe I should just be more aggressive. I, I just don't know. I just don't know if that would um, if that would work. You know what I do get a lot of on TikTok? Mm. Hate comments. Yes. How, how do you deal with your hate, if you get any? How do you deal with your hate comments? Um... Look, I'm a very emotional person and I emotionally react to things and I'll be honest with that. But I guess when I do get hate, most times I try to put myself in those in their shoes and think, well, what are they actually hating on? Is it coming from a place of, you know, their self-doubt or just something that they're self-conscious about? Or are they genuinely hating on something I'm doing? And if that's it, well, okay, cool, unfollow me. I don't really need your negativity in my life. But if it's actually something I've done, well, I will be mature and I will assess what I've done and accept that I'm wrong. But yeah, I mean, I think the important thing is to not take things to heart and just to really block it out, I suppose. It's, um, it's always easier said than done though, isn't it? Yeah. Because there are some comments like, I know um, you've seen a few of my, a few of my hate comments. Um, I probably wouldn't call them hate comments, probably more troll comments on my mm. uh, quarter pounder reel that I posted on Instagram. And some of them are just brilliant. But the issue that I have with it is that I am a smart ass. Mm. So I'll just reply to the comments. Yeah. Um, some some more sarcastic than others. It depends how many people have already commented, commented the same thing. Um, mm. But there are some people as well who jump on there and they just don't realize like what I'm doing or why I'm doing it. But they just comment something stupid anyway. Yeah. I feel like uh, those people would jump to conclusions and I don't want to say their opinions aren't warranted but I feel like there's no really no real place for them to give hate to a recipe that you're creating for the benefit of other people especially yeah everyone's definitely entitled to their own opinion in that sense and if like if so, if something if someone doesn't like something that I make that's completely fine like mm. I don't I don't specifically make the recipes for everyone, there is a target audience that I'm getting to, which I do usually get to. It's just like when it goes out and a bit, especially on TikTok, because mm. it, it always just seems to flow onto other people's For You pages. Yeah. Which you can't control, obviously. Um, so yeah. it doesn't worry me too much. But I know I, I posted the, the Big Zach recipe on TikTok as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and some guy commented on the sauce and was like, it's uh, not Big Mac sauce, Stevia or something, because I use Stevia in it. But I, I obviously know that McDonald's don't make macro-friendly stuff. Then I replied to him and I was like, I never would have guessed that McDonald's didn't make macro-friendly sauce or something like that. And he said, who the fuck cares about macro-friendly? Mm. And I was like, well, you're not my target audience. It's as simple as that. And not yeah. everyone is going to be pleased 
it is with everything I make, and I completely understand that. And it doesn't worry me in the slightest because I enjoy the food I make. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, more, like, yeah, what, right. more do you, what more do you want me to do? Like, I'm I'm the one that's got to eat it after I make it. I'm going to make something that I enjoy. Yeah, and they're probably thinking you can just go and buy a McDonald's burger and be done with it, but it's not about buying the burger it's about making it and it's just so much more beneficial for your health and mind to know that you put this together and you're enjoying it um, especially if it's you know going well with your goals so not only that I feel like like learning how to cook especially if you're young is hugely beneficial because mm. there's I know like 23 24 year olds who like live off microwave meals because they can't cook I know um, which I all like at the moment there's loads of microwave meals getting around like my muscle chef and Mm-hmm. macros.com.au and all those guys who are making these macro-friendly uh, microwave meals but if that's all you're living on then one your sodium intake is probably through the roof mm-hmm. and two you're missing a basic life skill yeah for sure like you you kind of need that um but circling back into gym stuff and personal training now i remember was it last year 2020 you were supposed to compete um yes early 2020 early 2020 and obviously that got sacked off yeah, don't trigger me. <laughs> um, no, I just wanted to ask you about it because you went through, how long was your prep before, obviously, before it got cancelled? I think maybe I was dieting for about, oh, it was more than 26 weeks. Maybe it was 26 weeks. 26 I don't know, weeks. but it was, Ooh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I remember it was from November, I think, to April. What is yeah. that? November, December, January, February, March, April. I'm pretty sure it went to May, actually. I don't know. It was like 26 weeks. And how far out from your comp were you before it got cancelled? Um, three weeks, I'm pretty sure. I actually can't, like, I know a few people this year have had their shows cancelled and, mm. mate, my heart honestly bleeds for those people. Like, I cannot imagine how much work had to have gone into it only to get about two, even one week out and have it, like, pulled out from in front of you. I know. I mean, the, I don't want to say it's a good thing, but the people that have had cancelled comps this year... From my perspective, they've managed really well. And I think it's because at the back of their mind, they always knew it was a possibility. So they were somewhat emotionally prepared. Whereas when mine got cancelled, it was unheard of. Like lockdowns were not a thing. So it was just such a confusing time. But it's hard for everybody. What did you say your, what? sorry, not not what did, what would you say your coping, coping mechanisms were like once you found out? Oh, you already know. Um, I don't want to say binge eating because it honestly wasn't straight off the bat. Um, cause after my comp got canceled, I still ate a pretty, I don't want to say restricted, but I closely followed my calories for maybe like two months afterwards and I started running heaps. So I still remained really lean, but the problem with that was each weekend I felt like I was allowed to go and have a cheat day. So It wasn't so much um, uncontrollable emotional binge eating after comp. It was just I had a problem with cheat days. So, yeah, I guess my coping strategies after comp was cancelled was running ridiculous distances and smashing boxes of donuts each weekend. So I remember you you started Fat Weekends with Lex, didn't you? I did. I did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Look, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with smashing a box of donuts. Um, Everyone's entitled to their own their own donut consumption of course but how how long do you think doing like how long were you doing that before you recognized that you should probably pull up a bit or that you recognized it as some sort of a problem or an issue so at first it was just donuts and burgers on the weekends like that was it because i genuinely felt so sick afterwards but it started to turn into having to eat as soon as i woke up and went to bed feeling sick um 
And that probably went on for four weeks until the cheat days turned into little binges during the week. And then it turned into, um, I actually went into hotel quarantine going back into Brisbane after I was in Sydney. So I was two weeks locked in a room and that's when it was really out of control. And I realized, holy crap, I have a problem. Now I know um, a a lot, a lot of people go through binge eating Mm -hmm. Um, loads. So obviously you and I aren't alone in this because, you know, I've spoken about my binge eating before. I'm more than happy to speak about it with anyone who who asks me. I'm not quiet about it because it is quite common, Mm -hmm. but I do feel like a lot of people confuse maybe just overconsumption with binge eating and then they get a little bit like they, they do get a little bit confused with it so they think if they've overconsumed, i don't know maybe 100 to 200 calories over what they were supposed to then they've sort of considered it a binge yeah but then that confusion really sets in when they do that and they're like oh well i've gone over my calories i might as well just smash through the rest of them and then they consume like a week's worth because um, i know that is 100 what i used to do i used to like try and stick to a certain calorie number and if i went over it i was like oh screw it i'm already over it i'll just go more yeah as far as binge eating goes how how long do you, would you say that you that it took you to sort of move past it oh okay um i think honestly like 12 to 14 months no 12 months i think 12 months it's a it's a very time time consuming process yeah and Uh, when you're in it when you're experiencing it it feels like it's never going to end and you feel like you have no hope so it definitely felt like hell going uh, going through it it feels like for those who don't know um what a binge eating episode would feel like or what it feels like when you're in the mindset or what it feels like when you're recovering um it definitely does feel like it's not going to end and it feels like that it's just that's how it's going to be from now on and you just have to be careful it does get a lot easier but only if you work towards it um Mm -hmm. what what steps did you take because i know you and i had different uh different methods of dealing with it what steps did you take to move past it um can we just rewind a little bit when you said um people don't really know what it feels like to be in the binge eating disorder go for it Um, So I guess we'll get DPR and because it's Are You Okay Day, I just want to touch on mental health a little bit. When you're so in, you know, the spiral of binges, I honestly didn't want to live anymore because I was so unhappy with my health, my body image, my confidence, and I thought I would never come out of it. So there was really no point living. And I'm glad I really, you know, pulled myself out of that and had supportive people in my corner and got the help that I needed. But it's just really scary. Like it can be something that people look down upon because people will say just stop eating. But it's not about the eating at the end of the day. It's so much more. But yeah, I just wanted to say that. Yeah, that's completely fine, mate. Um, that, that whole thing, that just stop eating, um, that used to get me every single time. I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. That's like if, if someone's sad, just tell them, oh, why are you sad? Just stop being sad. Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, I forgot I could just do that. Yeah, I know. It's like, well, it's not that simple. <laughs> no, not at all. Because for those, I mean, I guess people that have been through any sort of binging, um, they definitely know. But it's a, once you start, you, you don't stop. Mm, and yeah. I remember just, I, I know I spoke about this on the first episode or episode zero where there was one night I was working at the pub and I smashed through like two kilos of hot chips mm. and went home. I felt sick and I ended up throwing up because I just ate mm. so much. Um, but my brain couldn't comprehend that my stomach was full and my stomach was so full. I was extremely bloated. I had never felt more like a balloon in my entire life, but my brain mm. was like, keep eating, bro. 
Yeah, it's like your body is so full. But for me, my I was hungry from my throat up, which obviously meant it was something to do with like a mental hunger or an emotional emptiness, which was my problem. So, yeah, it's just so crazy how the two weren't connected. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And I guess it doesn't make any like for someone that's already been through that for it to not make sense to them is incredibly scary. And it just means that people that don't go through that just genuinely have no idea what it will feel like. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, I just hope that they don't find out what that feels like because I really wouldn't wish it upon anyone. The epi- the binging episodes that I had that were uncontrollable mm-hmm. were probably some of the scariest things I've ha- I've gone through as far as like diets go because yeah. it was horrendous. Anyway, sorry, back to um, yeah, your, sorry. <laughs> your staff here. Um, what steps did you take to move past your binging? I mean, I saw a psychologist first up, but... I didn't really go down the eating disorder route because I don't think I had a problem with the food. I had a problem with the emotional emptiness and what food brought to me, which is, you know, very common. But yeah, I didn't go down that route. So psychologists, we didn't do anything for that. What did I do? Honestly, I probably didn't do the best. I went through numerous coaches in an attempt to give myself tough love and be more strict on myself and to just snap out of it, but it made it worse. So definitely pulling back and showing yourself self-love is the key there. But honestly, I was just patient with myself. I did a lot of research. I quit the strict diets and went back to flexible dieting and I don't know, just backed myself with supportive people in my corner with my supportive coach now. And yeah, I just knew that it was a storm that I had to go through and eventually it would pass. So just a lot of self-belief as well. Because we had, you and I had very different strategies as far as um, how we focused on food around mm-hmm. binging. Because I know yeah. that you you kept tracking, didn't you? I did. Now, it's the way that people de- deal with it is completely personal. It's completely up to them how they deal with it. And it's very different from person to person. Because obviously you've come out the other side, I've come out the other side, but we had different methods. Like I completely stopped tracking mm-hmm. and just ate what I felt like at the time. That can be a very dangerous way to do it because I know a lot of people sort of claim it as like the all in aspect. Yeah, I, I was going to say. Know if you, so, yeah, do you follow Stephanie Buttermore? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, so she did the same thing where she just stopped tracking and ate whatever food she wanted to, um, which was really cool to see because... She, she went against the grain. Yeah, exactly. Whereas a lot of people would just say, you know, oh, I'm, I'm just going to like up my calories a little bit more, up my calories a little bit more, where she mm-hmm. just went, you know, I'm not even going to worry about calories and I'm just going to smash all the food that I want to smash and just yeah. hope that the novelty wears off. Um, and it definitely does, but it does take a while for that to happen. So um, I just want to, so what, what was your, what do you think your mindset was when you made the decision to keep on tracking rather than just get throwing the tracking in the bin? Um, I definitely trialed a week here and there of no tracking. And of course, the first few days was uncontrollable eating because it was like a novelty. And towards the end of it, you know, I was okay with listening to my hunger cues. But I am an impatient person. So when I want my goals, I want them now. So the thought of having to... It's so stupid, but the thought of, you know, going all in, gaining so much weight potentially and then having to go through, you know, another dieting phase to get to my goal, it scared me. So I thought if I could control what I put in my mouth to an extent, well, then I won't have to stray too far away. Um, and obviously it didn't, it worked, but I still had the problem of the weekend binges. But like for somebody that has been binging for a long time, not me personally, but 
generalized, it's very hard to listen to hunger cues and satiety cues because you don't know where they are or what they are because you've just ignored them for such an extended period of time, especially if you've been dieting beforehand. So I think it works for some people and it doesn't work for other people. So definitely, like you said, it's personal preference and personal 100% it's different for everyone some people stop tracking some people keep on tracking through it just so they know like what's going on Mm -hmm. um yeah as I said I just stopped tracking completely it it helped but it also was very difficult in the beginning because as you said you do gain weight and you do have to go through that cutting phase again Mm -hmm. um I think what was beneficial when I did it was when I, I stopped tracking I gained the weight but I I also got comfortable in my own skin at the weight that I had or the fat mm-hmm. that I'd gained, which was very big for me because I've, I've suffered from body dysmorphia ever since I basically touched a dumbbell. Mm. Um, ever since that I you know discovered what the gym was, I started going, oh, maybe my body can be better. Maybe my body can be better. And then it leads to obviously my body should be better. My body should be better. Why mm. isn't my body better? But yeah, as yeah, it, it's very, very much so an individual thing as far as how to stop specifically binging i think circling back to hunger cues that's something that i feel like a lot of people who get obsessed with tracking very much Mm -hmm. so miss because they start to think of food as just straight up a number yeah um and i don't know about you lex but that's something i've been through on like two separate occasions Mm -hmm. the same as like steps when i very first got my fitbit bro i'm not even kidding if i didn't get like twenty thousand steps a day i was so hard on myself damn yeah um and I, and I wore it as like a pride badge where mm-hmm. I was like, look what I can do. And yeah. I'm, better, I'm better than you because I do this and this and this. And I just took it way too far on myself. Um, anyway, I lost a bit of track there. But going back to like seeing food as a number, is that something that you struggled with? I guess, yes. Um, it's very easy to just eat to my fitness pal and to eat to your calories without, you know, regarding or paying attention to your hunger and what you genuinely want and crave. I got very stuck in my ways, like if I had already planned out my day or meal prep something and I wanted, you know, a chocolate, I wouldn't have it today because I didn't track it in and I could not be flexible in that sense. Like it had to wait till tomorrow, which it was good because, you know, I could put it off, but it wasn't good because I was not flexible in my flexible diet, which is just, yeah, funny when you say it like that. But it is, it is very much like a numbers game because um, mm. when you... When you do start to learn like the calories in, calories out, you go, all right, that's my calories mm. and that's that. And then, I, and then the food becomes a number that fits the calories. But then you, you, you lose track of what food actually means to you because food is used in so many ways, whether it be like celebration with family or celebrating mm. holidays. Usually it's a very social thing. Yeah. Um, but people sort of start to put that aside and focus on just numbers, which is very, very difficult. Um, yeah. it's, it's also difficult to climb out of because then like for me to get out of the number tracking I had to obviously stop tracking completely the only thing I tracked was just recipes so other people had the macros and and calories for them yeah Um, because there'd be no point me putting out a macro friendly recipe and then not sharing the macros it'd be it'd be be ridiculous (laughs) but you know uh, we'll try and move into something a little bit more light-hearted now because we don't want to get too deep I know it's are you okay day but we don't want to ruin people's days by talking about binge eating the entire time um, yeah. what was your what was your motive behind starting your online coaching and your personal training? Just being the coach and person I wish I had and I just want to help other people as much as I can. Because yeah, like when I first started out I went on the wrong path of fad diets and 
excessive cardio, which in turn led to, in turn led to binge eating. And yeah, I just wanted I want to be that person that allows people and shows them the correct path that keeps their mind and health intact. And yeah, especially if they're going through binge eating, I want to be there for them to support them and show them the light. I think it's um, really cool that for the most part, most of the people that we've managed to connect with on Instagram and sort of made friends with all want the same thing as far as like helping others. Because although there's a lot of nice people in the world, there can definitely be more nice people in the world. Mm -hmm. And if you go to any like popular TikTok video or popular reel on Instagram, you will see that there can definitely be more nice people in the world. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah. As far as like the lifestyle that you live now, Mm -hmm. because obviously you're flexible dieting, you do a lot of online coaching, um, you're a personal trainer when well when things are open. Mm-hmm. What do you think is a common misconception of your lifestyle, or what do you think people misunderstand about your lifestyle the most? To do with like flexible dieting or being an online coach? All of it tied into one. Probably that. Well, I guess for online coaching, that it's not a real job. Um, like when I first got into it in PT, mum used to say you have to get a proper job as well, and it's just like, well, why can't? If I'm passionate about this, why wouldn't I make it my whole entire, you know, lifestyle? So I guess, you know, being an online coach isn't, well, it's more popular and well-known now, but back in the day, you know, people only really thought it was for bro bodybuilders and serious athletes. So I'm really glad that it's turned into more of like a lifestyle thing as well. I mean, I don't know. I think maybe people think flexible dieting is just for bodybuilding as well. Yeah, I really like how it's more well-known as just a way of eating now. I mean, as it should be, really, like everyone should be able to treat themselves to some extent. I mean, everyone can just treat themselves as much as they really want, to be honest. But mm-hmm. um, I don't think anyone should have to go through the struggle of just strictly eating clean, quote unquote. Yeah. I, I did air quotes then, but obviously you can't see them because I don't have a camera. No one should have to go through that purely like clean eating phase or strict clean eating phase unless, you know, there's obviously... Um, exceptions to the rule if you're competing and you're like two weeks out and you want to get the most out of your calories then chances are you're going to be consuming 99.87 percent whole foods Mm -hmm. and that's completely fine because that's your decision you're making going into something that you've decided to do but yeah i think everyone definitely deserves to have some sort of flexibility in their diet at all times yeah but Um, you know what it's actually ingrained in the older generation that like even mom says now I can't eat pasta or I'm cutting out bread. I'm like, well, why are you doing that? Because you're still allowed to eat that. So, yeah, I think maybe that's like a little black hole in the market, actually. There is a a massive, massive uh, generation gap when Mm. it comes to dieting. And I couldn't agree more with that. Definitely around carbs, especially. um, And just like meal timing as well still seems to be a very popular one. Like you can't eat after 6 p.m. You'll get fat can't eat mm. pasta you'll get fat um what's, oh there's just so many you can't eat rice you'll get fat you can't eat chocolate you'll get fat and it's like no mum it's the bloody salami you're gobbling down <laughs> <laughs> and I, spoke, I actually spoke with this uh i spoke about this with michael mja.food.fitness on his podcast where it's like it's not the four squares of chocolate that you're having throughout the day that's making you fat it's like the part where you sit down and watch Netflix and smash four bags of chips and three packets of Tim Tams, that's going to make you fat because it's just, there's just so many calories to consume mindlessly. Yeah. Yeah. Mindless eating as well. Speaking of mindless eating, circling back to the binging that we were talking about before, when when you're binging, like the, the moment I noticed I was binging severely was when I had food in my mouth, but I wasn't concentrating on the food I had in my mouth. I was concentrating on what I was going to put in next. Yes. 
Yes. And I was like, oh, what can I eat next? What can I eat next? What can I eat next? And I was just like, bags. I <laughs> when I when I was at my peak for binging, I used to play this game called, uh, and this is when I was obviously fell in love with Biscoff. Um, the game was called, but does it go with Biscoff? Where, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it was really dangerous. So this is where I would get any piece of food that I had lying around and dip it in Biscoff and just see if the pair oh. would go together. What was the best and worst things? Uh, well, that's when I discovered um, Kit Kat Gold and Biscoff. Oh, okay. So that was the first time I ever did that. I, I had a Kit Kat Gold. I broke off a finger. I scooped it in the dip Biscoff and I was hooked from then on. So that got me hooked on like any sort of caramelized chocolate and Biscoff. Mm. Um, I actually had Biscoff with, what was it? I think like a meatball sub once. Ew. Um, mate, trust. It's terrible. <sighs> it's, it's absolutely vile, What? Mate. It was terrible. <laughs> But but Biscoff on a beef burger or Biscoff yes. on a fried chicken burger, That's honestly, good. that is banging, mate. I don't know how more people don't consume Biscoff on burgers or peanut butter on burgers. Love it. Mm, I haven't tried that one, but Biscoff on burger is actually a good combo. It really is. I don't think I just don't think enough people know of Biscoff to be honest. Yeah, I know. Like I'm. Yeah, I tell people like, oh yeah, have you tried Biscoff with this? And I'm like, what the hell is Biscoff? How how dare you? That's like, I know. That's like asking who God is. <laughs> you offended me. How could you do this to me? Now I know in the very first episode, I say the very first, like it was literally the episode before this one, but um, I I mentioned that we we're going to get what the audience involved. Now we we're going to do this by getting people to ask questions. So I did get you to throw up a question box, and we've got some questions here for you to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll start it off with a nice little simple one, mate. What are your go-to takeaway options? Oh, honestly, I don't really get takeaway that often, but I do love... Are we talking about healthy or not? Oh, mate, it's takeaway. Talk about whatever you want. Okay, well, I mean, burgers are always a good one. Fried chicken burger. hate beef burgers for some reason, but Rough. chicken burgers are always good. Um, grilled is pretty good if you're trying to fit it in. No. Why? I, I, I just, I don't do... I can't do grilled. It's, it's just because I know I can make better burgers at home. I know, I know. Um, I and know. I just find, like, I find grilled is massively overhyped. I know. Like, I'm sitting there thinking I could make this so much more better with less calories as well. Like, but, I know it's not all about the calories, but why am I paying $17 for a burger that I can make? And so you can put a token in the charity box. Mm, look, I do like that, actually. <laughs> I'm always just standing there for five minutes. Who do I want to give this today? <laughs> um, but, as far, but as far as you'll go to, if you were to go, if you right now walked outside your door and went, I'm going to get takeaway right now, what would you go to? Sushi. Yeah, dude, 100%. Sushi's delicious. Whenever I find out someone doesn't like sushi, they're automatically not my friend. Oh, really? Would that be your go-to? No. Um, <laughs> but, I, but I really like sushi. To be honest, mate, I haven't... My, my main takeaway that I get at the moment is Scentbergs, um, which you've probably seen me share on my story mm-hmm. numerous amounts of times. At yeah. the moment, they've got this Philly cheese steak called the Philly D, and oh my days, it is phenomenal. I absolutely love it, hey. Oh, oh. I'm going to need pics next time. Mate, just when, when we open up again, calm down and I'll just take you around there. Oh, you know, that was actually my plan, but obviously it didn't work out. But, you know, there's next time. Thanks, Gladys. Love you. um and now to something a little bit more serious what's one thing you'd change about the fitness industry judgment and false information yeah false information would be a big one especially to do with outdated information um you know one way or the highway 
information. And I feel like, you know what, when massive influencers, I was just thinking about this the other day, but the amount of ebooks and fitness challenges we used to purchase with already set meal plans in there that were like 1300 calories. Like how can you sell that ebook to thousands of people knowing it's probably reaching somebody that's over 100 kilos and reaching somebody that's 50 kilos? Like, yeah, I would change the generalized approach to meal plans and fitness training programs as well. Just completely get rid of cookie cutter programs of all sorts. Yes, 100%. The thing is with the people that make those books, mate, is they just don't give a shit. Yeah, um, it's all about they, the money. Yeah, they got a they got a big following. They get a, they're getting a quick dollar. And that's all they care about, uh, yeah. which is unfortunate because and it is nice to see like bigger influencers who do coaching do it more personalized. Or if they're selling a, if they're selling a, an ebook, they have not just got strict meal plans in there. They've got different recipes that you can create to make your yeah. own meal plan. Yeah. And like people that have like calorie calculators and estimations and stuff in there as well, they're obviously quite handy. If anyone that's listened this far, that's actually what's going in my ebook. So keep an eye out for that. Exciting. I know a, a complete guide to if it fits your macros and beyond. Oh, good. I'm uh, keen. I don't know how many people are going to hear that part. Hopefully, not many. <laughs> actually, no. Hopefully, loads. So they actually buy the book. That'd be nice. Support yes. me. Yes. Everybody me. buy the book. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and now a couple of would you rather questions because you can't go wrong with a would you rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you rather give up social media or eat the same dinner meal for the rest of your life? Um, honestly, eat the same dinner meal because I do eat the same thing majority of the time. And social media has just grown my business and grown connections. So definitely the meal. What yeah. about you? Hundred No, 100% mate. I'd eat the same meal for dinner. You know why? It's because... Oh, it's only one meal. Not only that, I've been living off, and I know I, I DM'd you about this the other day because you made one as well, that meatball sub. Yes, it's so good. Bro, I've been <laughs> living off meatball sub for dinner, hey? Um, yes. Except for last night. Last night I made a, like a sweet chili chicken tender roll. Um, oh, okay. Oh, dude, it was so good. I'm going to make that again tonight. I've got a can secret recipe in the crust. Of course I can. Thank I've you. Got a secret recipe in the crusting and the coating for the chicken. Oh, um, oh it's magical. It's magical. I don't actually know oh. if it's magical yet because I haven't tried this new recipe. Oh, uh, I that counts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it's going to be incredible. I think uh, it will. <laughs> uh, second, would you rather is would you rather be able to train legs for the rest of your life or only be able to train upper body? Ugh, train legs. I hate training upper body. <laughs> I could deadlift for days. <laughs> you know what, mate? I'm I prefer to train upper body but the deadlift is my favorite lift Mm. Uh, what is your favorite lift honestly the deadlift oh it's so good i know are you a a sumo or conventional puller no i'm a conventional are you conventional Uh, yeah i'm conventional i'm i'm not gonna say that anyone who pulls sumo is cheating because it's it's like it's not the same lift and i think not everyone understands that Mm. um but they do they work the same muscles but specifically work different key muscles yeah uh, it's very specifically yeah. target i should say i should word that a little bit better it's very different yeah very another another question now this one comes from me mm-hmm. what does success look like to you i like this question success looks like genuine happiness in yourself and where you are being aligned with who you are and your vision yeah i guess it just ties in with your vision like mine is to help people so as I'm helping people, I don't even have to be at like a financial goal or a client goal to call it success. I just have to be happy and present in the now and then I just feel successful. Yeah. Hell yeah. I love that. That's a great answer. What about you? Um, just happiness. Gen- literally general happiness, mate. I don't think yeah. 
I don't think success can come in many different measures, depending on obviously what your goal is. But uh, as long as you're happy, that's that's the main thing. Yeah, um, for like, sure. If you're ha- like if you're happy scrubbing toilets at McDonald's, then that's completely fine. As long as you're happy, mm-hmm. don't let anyone tell you it's shit or that it's not a very good job. If you're happy doing it, then you're happy doing it, and that's completely fine. A weird question that I just wanted to throw out there <laughs> is not like anything crazy. Like, can you show me your feet? Um, <laughs> No fee fix for free, boys. Um, Sign up to my OnlyFans. Don't slide Um, into my DMs. Yeah, sign up to my OnlyFans. Is is there a specific line in any song that resonates with you more than anything? Oh, I don't know because when I listen to music, I don't listen to the lyrics. (laughs) (gasps) Blasphemy. I know. I just listen to like... I don't know, just not the words. Um, I'm sorry, I can't answer that, actually. I was really hoping you had something good and juicy for me then, too. Oh, I mean, oh, no, I don't even know. Bringing sexy back? <laughs> <laughs> well, what about that, that song that was made in, like, the 90s that was getting around on TikTok? Like, I don't want no short dick, man. What? I never heard yeah. that. You know what, Matt, I'll send it to you. It's great. Um, one last question for you, mate. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would you like it to be? What's with all these hard, deep questions? It's a hard, deep podcast, mate. It's the only thing that I do in my life that's hard and deep. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> oh, my God. Um. Okay, what would I want to be remembered as? My willingness to help others and just my caring factor, I think. Yeah. That's all the questions I have for you, Lex. Now, is there any other plugs you'd like to do before you before we finish up here? Plug your own socials. Um, yeah, you can find me at Lex One Fit. At Lex One Fit on all socials. Thank you so much for joining me, Lex. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No worries at all. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. If you've made it this far, thank you so much for joining in. Uh, you could have listened to, like, tens of thousands of podcasts, and for some reason you sat down and listened to my annoying voice for about 50 minutes. So thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll speak to you in the next one.